rock bottom. I can't imagine it gets worse than this. Nine to four to the worst team in the Eastern Conference. We will go through it, and we have hard questions to ask about the head coach coming up here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code Locked On NHL. You're going to get twenty dollars off your first purchase. Jody Biasi. You've got to check out our group chat. Join subtext.com slash locked on sabers, our locked on sabers text line. It was ferocious, fiery, and a lot of fans and listeners of this show calling for the head of the head coach after a nine to four defeat on home ice to the worst team, the only team below the Buffalo Sabres in the Eastern Conference in terms of points percentage. The only team below them, Columbus, just walked in to downtown Buffalo, KeyBank Center, and scored nine goals on the Buffalo Sabres. And fans have every right to be pissed off, to be completely upset, to be dead inside with this team. Hey, credit to you. If you've got any emotion left with this hockey team, because no fan base in hockey history, in National Hockey League history, no team has ever gone through a stretch like this of 12 years. It has never happened. They've already set the record. They have already set multiple records for losses in a stretch like that, in in a decade like that. And is this rock bottom? Because you have the length of time being, of course, longer than it's ever been during this drought. You had a team that had everybody's hopes up. And you have a season that is spiraling out of control and now correlates here to a 9-4 to loss to the only team that is worse than you in the standings. It is a flat-out embarrassment. We got to ask the question about the head coach. And I've got a lot of people telling me they think it's time. And I am not one to tell them that they are wrong. We'll talk about how likely it is and the merits of it and what would happen if it did happen. But I'm not holding my breath that we're getting it uh, at least by Wednesday morning. That's for that's for sure. Kevin Adams, too, a, a closer look at this team in general. But looking at what this game was. I mean, by the way, real quick, on the 12 years, and I was at the game, just got home, by the way, uh, so this is a lot of this instant reaction for me, which is good, right? That's good. And the crowd was completely upset from the middle of the first period on. I mean, the second period, I said to my buddy I went to the game with that the next time, it might have been 6-1 to one at that point in time, and I said to him, if they score a goal here, it's going to get a Bronx cheer. You've heard tons of Bronx cheers on saves. And man, poor Ukapeka Lukanen, because he came into that game and 
it's not like he played much better. I mean, he let a goal in on his first shot against. But then he made a couple of saves in a row, and he was getting the Bronx cheers. That's usually when you do that. And I'm like, man, UPL didn't deserve that, right? Like, the team deserved it. UPL didn't deserve that. But either way, nobody, everybody is in the crossfire at, at, at this point in time. When you have a performance like that, everybody is in the crossfire. So I said to him, if they score a goal, it's going to get a Bronx cheer. And I don't know that I've ever heard a Bronx cheer on a goal scored by the home team. And it did happen. Kyle Oposo scored to make it 6-2, to two, I believe, at the time. And it was a Bronx cheer. You just couldn't hear it because it got drowned out by the goal horn. 7-2, um, to two, by the way. Oposo's goal made it in the, late in the second period. So you had that happen. And the Sabre players after the game... I thought Kyle Okposo put it pretty eloquently, and I would I would have it's exactly what you would want to hear from the captain and from the guy that hey, he sounds demoralized because look at Okposo. Okposo, I mean, I don't want to I don't want to give him too much of a pass. I mean, he has been on this team longer than almost everybody. And he said, you know, he has been on this team and he gave a giant chunk of his career to turning this thing around. And he's got to be tough time going to sleep tonight, right? Because he's probably laying awake and I thinking that's not going to happen. I didn't do it. I didn't do it at any stage. Not when I was paid to score goals, not when I was paid to kind of lead the kids through it. It's not going to happen while I'm a Buffalo Sabres. It's not going to happen. Um, and Oposo is probably realizing that right now. He said after the game about the fans booing that, that's 12 years for them for sure. Not all of that's on us. There's a lot of frustration. Uh, and he did use the the expletives that were necessary there. And it's understandable. He basically said, we understand. And that it's it's 12 years. I mean, there's a lot of pent up. There's a lot of deep bleep is what he said. Um, and he said, as a group, we bear some of that. Now, I'd like to hear more of a, listen, we're the players. We own the drought, right? The, I remember when the Bills came in with Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean, and they had just showed up. The drought wasn't on them 17 years, but they knew that for the fans, they were living in it. So they said, the drought's on us. We we carry the weight of the drought. And I'd like to hear a little bit more of that from Ocposo, but again, he, did, he went halfway there uh, at the very least. So he would not go where reporters wanted to go with the idea that the Sabres quit in the second period. And by the way, I agree with that. And Oposo, there was twice. And if you listen to the the post-game press conference, you know who I'm talking about. We don't need to name names, but you know who I'm talking about. Twice, Oposo, who I thought was being pretty forthcoming, was being pretty critical of his own team and the, and the effort that they gave, twice was interrupted to ask get asked about them quitting in the second period. And I watched that that second period pretty closely. And there was a defensive breakdown in the first Marchenko goal. There was a bad read by Connor Clifton in the Erica Branson goal. There was a, a zone breakdown in the Sean Corrali goal. I mean, I don't think they quit. I think they just stunk. They stunk. And that's the point. I'd rather that they quit. I'd rather that it's in there to actually be talented and to actually, you know, be a great hockey team, but they're just not trying hard enough. I mean, that is not what was happening in any stretch of the imagination. Why is Connor Clifton 
making a bad read and then everybody having to hustle back to back check and they can't get back in time and it goes into the back of the net. Why is that quit? I, I didn't think they quit. I just thought they were terrible. And I think this team stinks. That's it. Don't You don't need to talk about their compete. They just stink. That's it. The team is flawed. They are not talented enough. And I think you saw that in this game. You saw that in this game, that when things break down, it happens in bunches against them because they have things break down more than other players or more than other teams. That That's the whole point here is it's not because they're mentally fragile. I mean, you could make that that argument, I guess, if you want. I think it's just that they're not that smart of a hockey team as a unit. Uh, they're not that talented compared to other teams. I think it's a harsh reality to accept, but I think it might be true. And it's just a tough pill to swallow, right? It's a tough pill because it shouldn't be this bad. It shouldn't be this bad. But some nights when you have a bad hockey team, some nights are going to look that bad. And the Buffalo Sabres are a bad hockey team. There's no other way to put it. 13, 17, and 3. They're a bad hockey team. And we are about to have a 13-year playoff drought instead of a 12-year playoff drought. Does the head coach deserve to be fired? Let's get into that when we come back here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. We are presented by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry about where you're buying your tickets to your next big event. Game Time, the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, theater events near you. You've got a big uh, Buffalo football game coming up in just a couple of weeks at the stadium down in Orchard Park. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect. When you arrive, it's my favorite feature. All in prices show your total up front. You don't get, or you do know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. You can buy your tickets in seconds with two taps. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Back here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. You know, real quick, I just kind of went through the, the, like, I don't think it's because they're mentally fragile. I think it's more about talent. You know, I, I do think there is some of. I, I shouldn't say it that definitively. I do think there is a, a some, there's something to the mental part of it for this hockey team. Um, because, yeah, the more you think about it, if you're a bad team, nights like that are going to happen. But why are they happening to another bad team? Right? Why is that happening? The talent point, it's the wrong night to use that point. I think it's true, but Columbus is not more talented than the Buffalo Sabres. In fact, they were missing two of their best players, Patrick Line and Boone Jenner, arguably their second and third best offensive players behind Johnny Goudreau, were not even in the lineup. And that's maybe another, that's just another embarrassing part um, of this game. Man. Being in that arena to, to experience that, by the way, just what 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 an abysmal, abysmal effort, abysmal performance by the Buffalo Sabres. Does the head coach bear the brunt of that responsibility? The head coach, Don Granado, there were questions asked of Kyle Poso, questions asked of Tage Thompson, basically everybody that was in the locker room. Is Don Granado's message getting stale? Have the players given up on him? And the players came to bat for him. They absolutely defended him. Um, Oposo said that. Uh, 
Thompson said that, especially that he's not on the ice playing. That's on us. And that's what I would expect. Granado has all the respect and all the faith of the players in that locker room. And I do still believe on some level um, that the players would downright almost revolt if they, if Don Granado was fired, but listen, this is the business. This is pro sports and deal with it. If it happens, right? Like that's, that's where we are headed now with, Craig Berube being fired in St. Louis and DJ Smith now being fired in Ottawa. You're going to wake up Wednesday morning. And if you go to any sports book site that lists the odds of the next coach fired in the NHL, Don Renato is going to be the favorite. He's going to be the favorite. Now, should it happen? And will it happen? And on should it happen? I don't know what else you'd do. I really don't know what else you do. This core of players, they have committed to. All of the guys are paid, except for Casey Middlestad. All of the core group of these guys, like they, they have said, we're going forward with you. So I don't really know what the big trade is you make right now. I've been asking for that for over a year. I don't have much, I don't have much faith in, in Kevin Adams to do that. So, hey, I'd listen to it. Give me a name that they would replace Don Granado with. And it'll suck because I love Don Granado. And I think in philosophy and on paper, he's the exact type of head coach that I would want. He wants to play up and down, offensive, fun hockey, a style that players love to play. He is a player's coach, but the results are not coming. And that's what matters. So, Come at me with whoever you want. Bruce Boudreau, Craig Berube, who just got fired in St. Louis. I don't have a long list of names. Daryl Sutter, I know, is just retired, like him. I don't know. I'd listen to almost anything at this point. But the idea of a veteran retread coach that has had success in the past, and you would feel more confident getting that instant bump from. Again, I would absolutely listen to that when it comes to the head coach. Will it happen? My strong guess is no, that it's not going to happen. And that is because Kevin Adams has been more about inaction than action in his entire GM tenure. His whole plan has been, I'm going to draft, I'm going to develop, and I'm not going to rock the boat. No matter what happens, I'm not going to rock the boat. And this is the, the worst it's gotten. This is the strongest waves that, that the boat has seen. So what's he going to do about it? And my guess is that sample size is going to be right, that the answer is going to be nothing. And Adams would not have final say anyways. A lot of these head coach hires and fires in sports, not just the NHL, are really at the owner level. So it's really what does Terry Pagula think of what's happening right now and Pagula I do think has put more and more faith in Kevin Adams hands so if that's the case I think Adams is going to preach to continue to go forward and I don't think Granado is going to be fired how bad though does it have to be I mean I've been a week if they haven't won a game I might tell you that because I remember when Ralph Kruger was the head coach and the previous offseason before Ralph Kruger was fired he's a good example for you of how this goes or how it could change quickly too 
Kruger was just given more power behind the scenes in Sabres management when Adams showed up. Kruger, remember, had more sports executive experience than Adams did. Kruger did a lot of that in another sport um, in the English Premier League, but he had run a professional sports franchise. He had been in the front office in NHL franchises before that. So when he wanted Michael Frolik or these penalty killers, right? They went out and Cody Eakin maybe was another one. Like Kruger wanted a certain style of player and they went out and did it. So he had some sway behind the scenes that just gotten it too. Because remember, he was a Bottrell hire. Then they started losing. And it was, I thought, and I think this was the, the case, no way they'd fire Kruger. They just gave him expanded roles behind the scenes. And they trust him. And Eichel liked him at the time. And Pagula trusted him. And it was, okay, no, they're not doing anything. But then the losing streak, you'll remember that losing streak, got to be 10 games, then 11 games then 12 games. And at some point there was a breaking point of, okay, well, we just got to do it. We've got to do it. This is ridiculous. We can't, we have to do it. And it got to that point with Ralph Kruger and they did it. What is that point with Don Granado? It's a good question. And I don't really know the answer. Um, It's a, you have to take your best guess. I'll take my best guess at it. I believe that this current stretch right now, if they were to lose their next, four games. I'll put it this way. If they lost their next four games, I think the next three are very realistic. Toronto, New York, the Rangers, and Boston. Three great hockey teams. Now, to be fair, the Sabres beat great hockey teams all the time. Vegas on uh, Friday is the most recent example. If they lose those three games and the losing streak gets to five, and then they come back home again to play Columbus again at home. That game is on December 30th. And they get beat, and they get beat badly by the Blue Jackets. Again, on home ice on December 30th. And that becomes the sixth of a six-game losing streak. I think it could happen then. That would be, in my opinion, again, I'm taking my best guess, that would be the earliest I could see it happening. My, I think the most likely outcome is that Granado is going to finish the season as the Buffalo Sabres head coach, and then any discussion uh, and any move that would happen would happen after that. That's the way I see it right now. The hope would be that he turns it around. And I'm hoping that he turns it around too, because one, I like listening to him. Two, he plays the style I like. Three, I just think he's a, the, the right, I think the players love him. I, I just think you get, you want a guy like that to succeed. I do. I don't want guys like John Tortorella to succeed. Guys that are complete you-know-whats to their players. Guys that don't want to adapt, don't want to change. You know, play this lockdown style of hockey that's not fun to watch, that has the, the that can keep the sport stuck in the dark ages. I don't want guys like that to succeed. But I'll be the first one to tell you, if that's the type of coach that's going to get more out of this group, then that's the type of coach you need. I don't want that to be the case. I'm rooting for Granado to turn it around, but there will come a point in time where you might have to do it. And if you do it, then you're going to need to go veteran. You're going to need to go uh, with your, with your proven commodity head coach as the next move. Instead of, I'll just throw this name out there. And I, I would be worried about this. 
if they fired Don Granado, it better be for your Bruce Boudreaux type. It better not be for Matt Ellis. And I would be a little worried if you're out there and you're you're dreaming about uh, this veteran Stanley Cup experienced head coach. I know Boudreaux's not that, but maybe Barube, this guy that's been winning at big levels in the past. Um, then you might be thinking, hey, that's a good move. But just keep in mind, that's not assumed. If they fired Don Granado tomorrow, I and you asked me to set betting odds, I might make Matt Ellis the favorite. And that's scary, right? Because what qualification does he have at this point to be the head coach? He's the assistant uh, for Granado. All right, well, it's, uh, it's ugly. It's ugly for sure. Hey, uh, those odds, by the way, you can find that and plenty more on uh, FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, uh, as the weather's getting colder, the NFL stays hot with FanDuel Sportsbook. Not just the NFL, of course. You've got uh, you've got all that you know cold air in the rink. It was freezing in the in the rink uh, tonight for sure. Uh, check out FanDuel Sportsbook right now. New customers get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets with any fi- winning five dollar money line bet. That's one hundred and fifty bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over unders, and plenty more. So visit FanDuel.com/slash/lockedon and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel official partner of the National Football League. We want to remind all of our listeners as well to check out Locked On Sports Today here for your 24-7, covering the top stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. We saw a lot of uh, Bills talk uh, on Locked On Sports Today earlier in the week, was listening to a little bit of them, and uh, they at least the football team's back to being a little bit fun. So what's coming up? For the Sabres, by the way, real quick at the end here, Jack Quinn making his debut. Really cool. I hope he's able to make an impact for them. Um, Fingers crossed. We'll see. Uh, But kind of, you know, putting a damper on his return. Didn't get a ton of ice time. Didn't notice him a lot, but it was tough to when the game was going that way. Next up for the Sabres, Thursday night, hosting the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'll be at that game too. And I'm not expecting to be joined by many Sabre fans. It's just, it, I, I like the Toronto games because, hey, the Leaf games, as sad as it is, because this is 466 losses since the last Sabre playoff game. As sad as it is, the only games that have a giant, lively atmosphere are the Toronto games. And man, is that going to happen on Thursday night? It's going to be 90-10. More than you've ever seen before, it's going to be filled with Leaf fans. Now, you'd hope that Sabres can play spoiler because they have already beaten Toronto this year and they've beaten a lot of good teams. And knowing this Jekyll and Hyde Sabres team, they're going to win 5-1 to one on Thursday against Toronto. So, one can hope, uh, alleviate some of that pressure, and please, can we just get a freaking win streak going here a little bit. It's going to be tough with three tough opponents coming up, Leafs, Rangers, and Bruins. Again, if you want to check out our Locked On Sabres text line, uh, we had a lot of uh, good back and forth in that one with fans tonight. Love doing that even down at the arena. I'm sitting in my chair. I don't even want to look up at the ice. I want to look down and uh, see your guys' reaction. Uh, Join subtext.com slash Locked On Sabres to sign up, and uh, you can get involved. We're breaking 
news uh, text alerts, uh, line combinations when they happen at practice, um, game notes, and then, of course, uh, banter, reaction, back and forth with you uh, before and during games. So check it out. Join subtext.com slash Locked on Sabres. That's going to do it for us, though, today here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to today's show. I, I hope to one day be doing this show when they're good. Hasn't happened yet. Um, it's got to happen at some point, though, right? Law of averages. Thanks for listening to the Lockdown Savers Podcast. Make us your first listen every day. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day.